What up, everybody? It's Max Los, and this is Down the Middle, the podcast where we talk about it whatever we want, but pretty much political stuff, inflation, and the things that are bothering you as a person also, and you're posting on social media. I'm Los, this is Max, and today's topic is a topic that is everywhere in the news, and it is inflation. It is technically at 8.2 or 8.6, 8.6%, which is just a lie. Right? Did you see the post by Patrick Brett David? He's like, okay, gas is a hundred percent, housing is like twenty five, thirty percent, like groceries, groceries are like eleven percent. Where are you getting? If you math that, I don't see where we're getting eight point two. Right? Well, it's it's a um, you know an average, right? So it's they the 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 consumer price index and what they the basket of goods they put into these you know models, but they're all controlled. Yeah, I mean, again, there there's. I think this is the important thing to remember is like, what are people spending their money on? And then, cause again, like 8.6, 8.2, 7, whatever in like the core inflation is, right? Really is kind of meaningless. It gives you an indicator of like, okay, things are, are going way up. Things are going way down. But what really matters to most Americans is like, what is food inflation? What is like house inflation? What is my car? Like, what right. are those things? And I'm, those are my biggest bills. Right. That's what I care about. And those numbers are, you know, astronomical and, and getting worse and worse. And now it's moving into service. You know, look at uh, airline travel, I think was like 28 to 38 percent, something like that. I, yeah. Service businesses, restaurants, hotels, hotels are double digit. Yep. Right. And so it's like most Americans are feeling this way, you know, when they're going to the grocery store, when they're paying their bills, they're not feeling 8.6. They're feeling double digit. It's right. really, I mean, it's a, it's a cluster. Like it's a, a serious problem. And I think, you know, in our next episode, we're going to talk about some of the ways that I think a lot of our politicians are trying to distract people from the problems. But for, uh, for the sake of this episode, by the way, guys, what we're doing, because Lois is going on a, uh, a vacation, for a, a few weeks. So we're knocking out a few episodes today. So we're doing mini kind of 20 minute episodes, kind of single topic episodes. Um, so if you're watching this and you see us wearing the same outfits in every clip that I'm posting for all this, for the next three weeks, it's because we shot these all in the same day. So hopefully the news doesn't change do have more too much. Yeah, yeah, we do own more clothes. Um, this isn't our only wardrobe, but yeah, maybe we don't. I mean, maybe with, with clothes inflation, we can't, we can't afford clothes anymore. Seriously. So, you know, it's crazy. I was listening to another podcast, Group Chat Pod, uh, on my way down here, uh, and they were saying a stat that uh, New York is the most expensive that it's been, and it is getting flooded. Like, hundreds of thousands of people are moving back to New York, and the average rent in New York, which, if you know anything about New York, is probably a legitimate shithole. It's 4500 bucks. So, it just, where is money? Like, I don't understand the, the world. Like, how are you moving in there, Right. Yeah, because if you're moving into a forty five hundred dollar place, it's a shit stain. It's not like a beautiful place. It's a yeah. full mansion house in Orlando, but it's a very ugly place to live in New York City. Yet people can't uh, can't stop uh, moving there. And I, I think what's going to happen with with the housing market because I just left a, uh, a like a top real estate mastermind is that uh, they were all saying that America is going to become what essentially uh, UK is, uh, which is basically a place where you rent. Like not a lot of people in the United Kingdom uh, 
own homes. The majority is owned by massive corporations, you know, big, big guys that have a lot of real estate. And so you basically rent forever in there, which I can, I can see it because the, the group that I was with, they're just salivating to go pick up massive uh, opportunities here in the next uh, year or so. Yeah. So so two things there. So let's pin the real estate one, because that's an interesting one back to, to New York. And how people are actually living. Like I think most people aren't living well. Like the, some of the numbers that I've seen around um, like the, the number of American families that are, are like parents are skipping a meal so their kids can eat is shock. I think it was like 60%. If I'm not, if not wrong, but like it, whatever it was, it was a very, very, very high percent of American households are making choices about skipping meals. Either the parents or the kids can eat three meals a day, or even the whole family having to skip a meal because they don't have enough money for food. So I think a lot of Americans are really struggling right now. And what's terrifying and sad about that is like, I, I think we're not even close to as bad as things are going to get. Right. Oh, I, I agree. I, we're, we're not even in re- really in a recession technically yet. We just entered a bear market yesterday, but like, you know, once we hit like stagflation where inflation stays like it is, but the economy slows down and like the benefit we have right now is that everyone saw is kind of his jobs. Unemployment rates are really, really low, historically low. So everyone's employed, everyone's got jobs, but once companies have to start laying off more and people, there's eight, 10% unemployment and these people don't have paychecks coming in, then it's combined, you have high prices with no income coming in. Then it's devastating for people. So yeah, I, I think a lot of families aren't surviving. They're just, they're not even getting by or they're just getting by. And then New York's crazy, man. Like that's, I don't understand it. I got it pre-COVID. I understood San Francisco and New York because, hey, if you want to work in certain markets, you have to be there, right? If you want to work in tech, you got to be in the Valley. If you want to work in banking, Wall Street, you got to be in North Jersey. You got to be in New York. So that's the price you pay is you're going to pay four grand, five grand a month for a walk-up studio that you're going to have to take a subway to work and it's going to suck. Right. Right. Um, but now like most companies, like especially in the tech world, like you can still work from home. So why are you paying four or five grand a month to live closer to your work when you can just live in Nashville or Nebraska or some wherever and, you know, have a fucking mansion for four, four grand a month. Yeah. I mean, maybe people are being called back to work, I mean, you saw the post, uh, we're a little behind here because we, we skipped some episodes, but uh, Elon Musk basically making yeah. out the tweet, that, uh, putting it out to saying like, hey, I'm basically not fucking around. If you work at Tesla, you are in Tesla. Yeah. If not, I will consider you not working there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And that um, kind of sets a standard for, you know, and it, it was genius for him because like he got all the people that wanted to quit, quit, and all the winners that wanted to be associated with the Tesla just had yeah. so many people that want to work there. Yeah, and, and the banks are doing that. So I, I've seen articles about like Bank of America, Goldman, like a lot of companies are starting to say they're either doing like a, a half week where it's come in three, four, or it's certain divisions are requiring people to be in there. I like, think you need all hands. Like you, you want to kind of be more together and try to figure this out right now. You do it. It's it's easy for if you're just an employee right, to think like this is the the dream. It worked from home. Like it, it works. But as a business owner, and as a business owner, right, like we know that team culture, team camaraderie, ideation, like there are certain things that are very, very hard to replicate 
and we're talking about company, you know, companies with 10, 20, 30 employees. Right. But think about companies with 10,000, 100,000 employees. It's very hard to run a 50,000 person company. You can't manage that. Remote. Yeah. Like you need people working together. You need accountability. You can't just trust that all 50,000 of your employees are spending eight hours a day working yeah. at home. Looking at They're their not. isn't going to do anything. Right. There's distractions. There's all kinds of stuff. So I, I, I think the hybrid world is going to continue. I think that's going to be the model. I think hybrid where people are going to be able to work three days a week in the office, two days from home. But there needs to be for a lot of companies, you need to be in the office working with peers. And, and transparently, I think the hybrid model is actually the best model because I think it's, I don't think you need the crazy 80 hour work weeks. I don't think that's healthy either. Five days a week, 80 hours grinding. I don't think that's great. But I also don't think working from home by yourself forever is good either. I think going into the office and being with people, being social, being creative health. is good. I think it's a good thing. So I think you need, you need to have a balance there between yeah, those two. That way you have community connection a little bit more, you know, uh, Switzerland and I think the UK also are trying a four day work week. Yeah. Uh, we used to have a four day work week here, uh, and then we implemented flying Friday. So I guess, but that's cause we had, you know, a four day work week. Uh, it was a good idea. Also, very draining situation to now do the clients. Yeah. But uh, let's I go back to that real real estate too. If you, if, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think you're, you're spot on. It seems like, and I'm not a real estate expert. I come from a, a commercial real estate family. So I have, yeah. I have good understanding of the basics, but I don't, I haven't done much. We talked a little bit about doing more, but what I have read and what I have seen and what the data suggests is that that is what's happening in the U S that permanent capital, private equity it's a build are a, buying up. Build a rent they're buying up whole neighborhoods direct from the developers. Mm -hmm. And so real is like, I think the difference between now and 08, 09 is that back then there was just ridiculously low standards of lending and there was just a massive oversupply of homes. There was too many homes being built for too few people. And so there needed to be massive correction Yeah. right now. Yeah. Mortgage rate just passed 6%. So it is really expensive. It's going to price most people out of buying a house, but there's just not enough houses. So I, I don't think we're going to see any type of crash in real estate. I just you'll, you'll see it flatten, but it will not crash. There's way too many uh, houses that are needed still, right? And so that I just came from a, an event where it was the top people on the planet in, in real estate. Uh, and the, the big two things is no one thinks that it's going to crash. It's literally impossible because of the supply and demand. Yep. Uh, and... Uh, everybody that is focused on building funds and different things like that in, in that organization is focused on build to rent, which means what you said, basically like people are buying buildings, people are buying apartment complexes, buying as much as they can so they can just rent it out forever and basically uh, be the bank. Yep. The big one that's, that's kind of messed up in my opinion is um, what's happening with like trailer park homes. I was listening to some, some people talking about this other day of all the bit, you know, BlackRock and stuff, they're all buying up these massive trailer park communities. Because if you own a trailer park, like if you own a trailer, right? Um, a lot of people think like, hey, like I, I own a home, I own a trailer, it's mine, I own it, I put it there. The problem though is that in most trailer parks, the they don't own the land. Right. So they got to pay a fee for the land. Right. And so what happens is these BlackRock's coming and buying the whole thing, then they're jacking the rents up mm -hmm. by some, in some cases I've heard 100, 200, 300%. And a lot of people that live in, in these communities are on fixed income. So they've, they've perfected their model. Like, this is how much I can afford per month. If their rent goes from 100 to 300, that they can't afford it, but they can't do anything. 
because it costs ten twenty thousand dollars to pick up a trailer and move it so they can't move it so a lot of people and also unlike homes trailers don't go up in value so they can't really sell it so a lot of people are just like they have to walk away they like literally become homeless now wow and that's that's messed up like i think there needs to be some some protections and legislation put in there to protect um people there because that, that is like a pretty shitty thing to do yeah. to come into the most vulnerable kind of communities and just double triple rents that can cause people to have to just like i don't i can't do anything there's nothing i can do about it and you'll, you'll see a lot of gentrification happen over the next few years because it's it's the opportunity that big companies have i mean this is you know unfortunately a really bad time it you know the the conversations that we were having in that group uh, there were a ton. It was, it was multiple four days, right? Uh, but something that stuck out because everyone was talking about the economy and like where they feel things are. And then uh, a really astute, like one of the top guys there, uh, he was like, "Listen, it doesn't matter. It depends what side you're on. That's yeah. the only thing that matters." And so on, there is two sides, right? If you're on the side that's like salivating for this, like because you can see opportunities in the market and crypto and real estate, and, and you know you can fund that, then you're 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 probably going to become wealthy. Conversely, if you're on the other side, it's it's unfortunately one of the worst times in the world. Even if you had three jobs with inflation and, and just driving to those things, like you're probably breaking even. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate because it's again when recessions happen, it it accentuates the 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 wealth gap and it, it increases the the wealth gap. And he's, I don't know if you saw Pat his um he he released a YouTube video I think like last week, basically mm-hmm. sharing his like recession plan. He did a private training and then put it on YouTube. I didn't see it. Um, it's really good. Basically, he opened it saying like, recessions are when you add zeros to your net worth. He said like, this is the time that you should be thinking about how do I add the next zero? So if you're worth 100 grand, you should be worth a million dollars in 36 months. If you're right. worth a million, you should be worth 10 million. If you're worth, you know, 10,000, you should be worth 100,000, right? Yeah. And it's true. It's like, these are the times where you, there are going to be a lot of things on sale but the unfortunate thing is you need to have capital right and yeah. you need to have the the kind of emotional strength yes and not be fearful right the warren buffett model like i saw warren buffett and right i was buying everything he's starting to buy everything he's got a lot right. of cash because he his model's always been be fearful when people are greedy and be greedy when people are mm-hmm. fearful right yeah that's I, the way I, money's made i still think you can wait a little bit and yeah. go crush it but I, I was talking to a buddy of mine yesterday who you know, he, he's not in our industry. Uh, he flips cars, right? And it's going well-ish, right? He can take advantage of it, but he's also getting cars at a harder clip. Like, yeah. And he's like, he was talking to me, he's like, what do I do, right? Uh, and this is just for all the people. We, we have a lot of different people in the audience. Some people are in our industry. Some people are in real estate. A lot of people are crushing it. Some people are just kind of getting started. And, you know, for people that are more so in in having the job like job sector stuff and not entrepreneurs uh it and your job is kind of scaring you right might be blue collar might be whatever i think it's a opportune time to learn a trade and um what i mean by that is if i had a job and i was flipping cars or i worked at a car wash or some stuff like that i would go and get a credit card uh and i would learn code i would go to like a code academy code school something like that and i would learn how to code uh python or ruby or something like that because you're guaranteed a career right and this might be you know how some people like us were looking to invest in opportunities in in this time you need to invest into a new trade whether that is learning 
affiliate marketing management, learning to be a media buyer, learning to code, uh, learning to be a sales guy. There's a lot of new education that's coming out that's not college-based. You don't got to go spend forty, fifty, seventy-five thousand dollars on this. Uh, you have 12, 16, six-month trainings and continued education on all these fronts as well. I think it's it's something that you have to take extremely serious uh, because I think it's one of the only things that you can do to kind of like hedge your bets. If you do the same thing more, you're going to be screwed. Yeah. I think to, to, to wrap this one, like, and just to add on to that, because I think that's so important. Like if you can do three things, I think you're, you're protected, right? So I think if you can learn a skill, an in-demand skill, whether mm-hmm. it's you learn how to do web three stuff, whether you learn code, right. whether you learn digital marketing, whatever it might be, right? You learn a skill, put out content, you build influence and you build relationships, right? Right. If you can do those three things and you consistently do those every single day, you're recession proof. You're everything proof, right? Because you look at you and I, if we lost everything tomorrow, like if our, if all of our businesses went under and all of a sudden we're like, shit, I have no money coming in. We can make calls. We could do any, I, I could put out a post saying, Hey, I would never want to do this, but like worst case scenario, I could say, Hey, I'm, um, I'm looking to, you know, work on a contract base from companies. I'm going to start doing TikTok ads for some companies. Yeah. You, and, and the same thing with you. It's like, we would have a flood of inquiries or we could just pick up the phone and call some people. Hey, are you, you know, looking to do some stuff? We can't not make a million bucks, but, but it's because we've put a decade into that. Exactly. But it's, it's, you know, that's a million dollars. But for a lot of people, it's if you put a year or two into doing this, right. developing skills, putting out content every day, building influence and, and authority six, you have a and building lifestyle. relationships. Yeah you are pretty much guaranteed no matter what happens that you can make $100,000 plus a year, no matter what. Right. And so I think more people should just be focused on those three things, do those three things every day, get better at a skill, put out content, build influence, build authority, and build relations, build connections. If you focus on doing those three things every single day, it doesn't matter what happens. And and I I will say that it, it's, it sounds good coming from two guys that have been there for 10 years, but it's, it's a trying time. But if you start now, it's, it's, you know, the first best time to plant a tree is yep. like a million years ago. Second time is like right now. You got to do it because it's like it is the law of compounding interest. It will continue to grow and you will continue to grow. And it, it's I think it's a good time. I changed careers in 2008. I used to have a home automation company. It went completely to crap. Uh, I tried to sue the uh, people that I did the integrations for. They just went bankrupt. I didn't. I couldn't do anything. And so I had to start from scratch. I, I went online and it literally changed my life. It was the best thing in the world at the worst time uh, in the world. So, you know, if, if you can stay positive and look at it as a blessing, it could, it could be one of the best times ever for you. Yep, exactly. So that's it, guys, for this one. We will see you on the next one. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, at Los Hustle, at Max Finn. And please share this with somebody. Subscribe. Uh, tag us on your shares. And we will talk to you soon. I guess.